Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and I have my trusty sidekick with me today, Kirby Brunslick. Is it weird that I wanted to neigh there? I feel like trusty sidekick makes me sound like your horse. I guess it could be like a superhero sidekick. Yeah, like Robin. Yeah, totally. That's really how I view myself. I view myself like Batman. Actually, hmm. Yeah, I mean, Batman seems like the because you're rich and grumpy. <laughs> tired. I'm very tired. <laughs> you're so not Batman. You go to bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> Wait, is he a pet knight? That's where he fights crime. Are there any superheroes? He loves the night. Oh. He's the Dark Knight. Oh yeah. I just turned into Seinfeld halfway through that. He's <laughs> the Dark Knight. Um, are there any that just fight crime during the day? Uh, I don't know about just the day. Sorry, guys. I think a lot of crime happens at night. 9.30. I've had three glasses of wine and I'm very sleepy. <laughs> Call my trusty sidekick. Maybe that's Robin. where, yeah, Robin comes in. He Robin. fights all the day crime. <laughs> or all the night crime. You fight the day crime. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, so it is post-Thanksgiving and we finally got our tree. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about having to wait until the Sunday after Thanksgiving to get our tree? I did not love it. But I survived, and I'm working. How was the delayed gratification? It was okay. I mean, I knew it was going to be okay, and I filled it with other, like, Christmassy stuff. But I'm also working on not attaching to tradition and making things like it has to be. So, yeah, it was a good opportunity for me to practice growth. Yeah, you and Charlie put so much, like, being with you guys on the night of Christmas Day is one of the saddest things because you two just have like these broken hearts. And so it's been something that like for the last couple of years we've been trying to, it just seems like there's so much buildup to something and it's like, no, this is it right now. What you're living is, this mm-hmm. is Christmas. Well, and that was one of the things, you know, you had that weekly say a couple of weeks ago about the to don't list that we mm-hmm. talked about last year of like, you know, we did the whole year of Here's all the things we're going to do. And we did most of them and added a bunch more. Mm-hmm. And that didn't seem to help. So, you know, this year we're trying to do less, but it's not going great. <laughs> yeah. That is a trend I've seen with patients, though, too, of just they're just back in it. They're just mm-hmm. everything is is crazy. 
oh, this damn pandemic just won't stop and people are going on with their lives. But we have our tree. Mm -hmm. If you did not see our tree, it was quite, it's quite phenomenal. It looks really good now. There was quite a bit of work to get it through. But I think the lesson is that I get to pick out the tree because I, last year, okay, so here's what happened is last year, we have tall ceilings, nine and a half foot. Yeah, about nine and a half again. And Kirby likes fat trees. I, yes. Yeah, I depends on the year. The mood strikes me differently of trees, so... I like trees. I like Christmas Such a trees. Christmas weirdo. Anyways, so we every time we go out and I'm in this field and we cut down our own tree and I'm like, yeah, so it's not like a tree farm where it's like we want a nine foot tree for our nine and a half foot yeah. ceiling. What is a tree farm? It it's is not a tree. tree farm. It's at a tree lot. You know what also I'm learning is our new roommate has made me realize <laughs> that not everybody is familiar with this whole cutting down your tree thing. I love like, that you just like casually mention our new roommate. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you know, the Brunswick's, they have a roommate. Yep. Uh, yes. Uh, my, we have a intern um, who is doing her final rotation of chiropractic school, her T10, and um, her house didn't, her apartment didn't become available until December 1st. She started with a, what, like the 10th? Something like that, yeah. I think yeah. it's been like three weeks where we've been been roommates yeah the girls, roommates the girls, girls love her so it's fine like it's, it's perfect because like she hangs out with us and the girls like ty just sits in her lap and cuddles her all yep. night until it's time for bed and she's somehow great about that and yeah. so yeah but anyways um our new roommate is like she's talking to all these patients about like so do you have a real tree like it's i don't yeah. think it's a thing down in iowa yeah i don't think they have the same landscape i think they just like plant crops like i don't think they have like rolling hills with tree farms i think like I can't imagine lands, this is much of a everything. thing in california either yeah i or would assume just there's no arizona real estate. yeah they just gotta just get a fake tree there yeah you can't it's so weird how much do you think a christmas tree well first of all you're not chopping down your own christmas tree in arizona yeah pretty right. sure that that is but someone might haul them in you know how much do you think it how much do you think real christmas tree costs in arizona 125 bucks. Probably. It's my ballpark. Anyways, so up here in Wisconsin, we get to cut down our own, and you go to, like, a tree farm, and um, it's not like you're, like, going to the side of the road, and you're like, that one looks good. I'll give you $50 for your tree. Uh, and you just have to kind of guess. Like, is this tree big enough? Small enough? Well, this year we brought a tape measure. Yep. Because Lauren's mandate was it better touch the ceiling, if not more. She wanted her Griswold family tree mm -hmm. moment. Because last year we got this tree and it was with the star six, in six inches short. It was only nine feet tall. Ridiculous! It was you didn't like last year's tree either. I didn't love it. No, no, no it was a little short. So I was like, listen, because they had talked me out of a tree last year and talked me into one, and I was like, I am picking the tree, and you were very respectful. So when we were out there, the tree that we found was fifteen feet tall. It was fifteen feet tall. <laughs> we but the bottom wasn't like that good anyway. So we're like, we're not going to be using the bottom. So anyways. So yeah. So we cut it all the way down. Then I cut off probably another four feet. So we still had like an eleven foot tall tree. When we brought it inside mm -hmm. so that Lauren could have it bend against the ceiling. And then we laid it back down and I cut off the top 
foot and a half, two feet, so that it still scraped the ceiling. Yes. Then I had to cut off the top more to get the star in there, mm -hmm. and then realize that the st center stalk was so thick that the star wouldn't go on Because it. it's a 15-foot Christmas tree. So I had to custom carve that to balance the star on top. But it's the most perfect tree. And the star does touch the ceiling. So. Yes. Yep. And so we agreed that I will now pick the Christmas tree. Some one of my... Hold on. <laughs> we did not agree to that. You, you did a good job this year with my help. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a patient go like, why didn't you just leave it? I'm like, that would have been funny. It was off balance. It was literally <laughs> tipping. <laughs> that would have been really funny because a full foot and a half was like bent up against the ceiling. So we'll see. So anyways, um, this is the only time you'll be on before Christmas. So uh, you last know that. Week... I'm the one who puts a podcast on. Oh, I'll crap. make my own episode. <laughs> All of a sudden, I just get like this flood of messages being like, I loved Kirby's solo episode. I'm like, what the fuck? Don't try to box me out. <laughs> um, but if you want more Brunswick's Share Their Christmas Spirit, I will direct you to last year's episode number 84. What was it called? Oh, something Christmas, Christmas, Christmas featuring Kirby. <laughs> It's oh. not the name at Holiday all. special, top five Christmas movies featuring Kirby. When you say featuring Kirby, it makes you seem really like, I suppose that's how they That's how we it. name all of our stuff. But like featuring Lauren and Kirby. They all are yours. You're the main artist. So like when, I know. when Lil Wayne puts out a song and he has another rapper on it, it's the title of the song Fe featuring, featuring extra rapper. I feel like feet. I'm used to seeing feet. Mm. So you just thought it was their feet? No, I knew it was F-E-A-T, but like feet doesn't, like I knew feet stood for featuring, but like featuring seems like a really feel. It makes my guests seem more, more important than me. And because you're a good host, you do feel that way. And Correct. You right, right, right. Give right, the right. stage to them and promote <laughs> them and lift them up. Because anyway, you're a good person. <laughs> <laughs> totally a good person. Yep, yep, yep. Episode 84, uh, we battle our favorite top five Christmas movies. So Do you remember what yours are? Um, I have a rough idea, but I don't want to spoil it for people. Yeah. I don't know if I fully remember. I all remember five. some of yours I greatly disagreed with. Oh, I, I knew that they were your favorite. Yeah. I knew they were your favorite, but I was just like, ugh. Depends on it's what you're going for. Dumb answer. Some is nostalgia. Some is like booty. Some is. Did you say booty? Moody. Oh God! I was like, I don't remember. Yeah, which your... one would be? Booty? I don't. I don't know. That's right. Like I was like, I don't remember Beyonce's Christmas special being in there. All right, we have work to do, Brunswick. All right. Okay, so our we are answering a question today, um, and the first paragraph is going to be our listener highlight. Mm -hmm. So. Do you just want to read the listener highlight and then go into her question and then we'll pray? So just read the whole thing, then we'll pray. Yeah. Okay. You'll you'll understand where it transitions from listener highlight to question. Maybe you should let them know. I've ended the listener highlight and I will now be entering the question zone. Make it clear for them. I don't want them confused. Dear Dr. Lord, first off... I just want to say I absolutely love your podcast. This is the highlight part, guys. I am five months into practice working for a male doc that I love, but there is so much that I learned from you that I could never learn from him. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this. Like vaginas, things like that. That was the end of the listener highlight portion. <laughs> now, 
of the question. In your podcast, you talk about one of your core values as adventure slash travel, and I totally feel that because same. But lately, I have been thinking a lot about my desire to travel, and I'm wondering if you ever feel like this has been more of a desire to escape your current situation, sometimes rather than to just see new places. I love seeing the world or even just a new town or experience a few hours away. But sometimes after travel, when I get back, reality hits so hard that I wonder if I should have gone in the first place. I have not yet listened to all the episodes, though, though I will get there for sure. So if this has already been discussed, sorry to double up. Again, so much love and thanks for you and what you're doing for all the females in our profession. Love, 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 Dr. Rachel. Oh, you should have exited oh, the question that last zone sentence. And yeah. re-entered the listener highlight. Read it again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So we have not addressed uh, this topic, and I'm excited to. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to pray. And you know you're in charge of praying. I, I understand. Praying. Now entering the prayer section. Now <laughs> entering the prayer portion of the podcast. Dear God, thank you for bringing us this question. Um, it's a good one to think about. It's uh it's an important thing to think about because I think it's something that's relatable to a lot of people. And I know, especially in our lives, uh, help us to speak truth and have your wisdom flow through us. Um, help us and, uh, and Dr. Rachel to examine ourselves and try to find where we can connect with you um, and what we love about travel um, and connecting with others. Thank you for this beautiful big world that we all have some desire to explore and see more of. In your name we pray. Amen. You do such a good job with prayers. Thanks. I, sh I should just have you feature you in prayers more often. Just just come on and then be like, all right, get out of here. Get my question here. answer. This is my question. Okay. So I think the first thing that has to be addressed is the reality that so many people are like can likely resonate with this more than ever because of the pandemic. Yeah, just the stir crazy aspect of it. Of yeah, of just yeah. I mean, you and I were supposed to go to Morocco in September of 2020. Yep. And then it was like, oh, okay. Well, next year. I mean, never in a million years did I think a year, like it's mm -hmm. just been a hot minute since. I mean, we've done some traveling. Yeah, but even then, there's the traveling doesn't quite feel the same, no. you know, as it did pre-pandemic. There's the whole thing has an air of a little more stress to it, especially airline travel. And there's studies in psychology that say, like, people long term remember um, feelings and feelings near the end of an experience can really taint how they feel about the entire experience. Mm -hmm. So if you spend the final four hours of a trip with a mask on and stressing that you're not doing it right, or your kid's going to mm -hmm. wear their mask or whatever, like it kind of just adds a little like ugh to the end yep. of a trip. So, yeah. So I think even for some people who maybe don't identify as somebody who seeks adventure i think there is a little bit of like can we just can we just have some fun here <laughs> can the world just be a little less heavy right now like can we all just um but so what i would say 
is as we start to uh, kind of wrap our head around like what is she really asking here what's really going on is i would say first and foremost you got to dig deep into what does the travel bring and she rachel might go well i told you it brings me adventure go like okay but what is the adventure what what does that bring for you so you you like travel yeah yeah, I've done a few. A You've few done trips. a couple, a couple I like, times. I, I like me some travel. Would you say that like travel, adventure, whatever is like a core value to you? Um, it facilitates Ooh. my core values. I don't know if in and of itself. Is your core value just hanging out with me? Just hanging out with you. Totally. Um, I think I love learning. I like learning about new cultures and and I love connection, whether that's with my family or other people. And those new experiences give that. I'm less of a bitch and easier to connect with when I am traveling. And we're fully present with our kids because the whole point is that there's nothing else to do. Mm. We, you know, get to be more patient with them. We get to, you know, be silly or adventurous with them versus having so much responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of like the way I travel is when I, when we do go somewhere, I try to like find either fiction or nonfiction book that's from or about that. You really do. You're such a nerd. He has read so many weird books while. So I'll read like a pirate book in the Caribbean or like a history of Mexican Indians if we're in Mexico or something, you know, kind of American Southwesty. Um, if we're in Mexico, I wrote a, I read a book about Haiti while we were in the Dominican last. Did it make you glad you were in the Dominican and not Haiti? Yes, and it also made me glad I was, it was also not the Trujillo era of... Oh, yeah. that Trujillo Oh, era. no, that was Dominican. Never mind. It was Dominican, but, okay. but... So... Anyways, so... Okay, so I see what you're saying. So, for me, I would say that the... The being on vacation, one, so I'm a little bit of a workaholic. We don't know her Enneagram, which really... She just is a seven, and it's just like, I just... No, we can't just say she's a seven. I'm saying if she was, that would help with a lot If she's a seven, then, okay, your problem is you're a seven. Um, So for me, as a three, I have definitely realized my workaholism. And vacation brings... I know some workaholics like to keep working. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll post on social media for she slays, but like to me, that's just fun. Yeah. Um, that's not working. Um, for me, I have no problem when while being on vacation completely clocking out, which is nice because I can't do that in town. Like, yeah. you know, so like for me, the like road trip, the whatever, it's like I am clocked out in my brain. That is a nice rest. If I don't have an excuse of being I'm mm. on vacation, I struggle. Yeah. Um, so the other thing is just like the newness um, as a part seven. I definitely like that excitement of new bars, new tours, new restaurants, new shows new architecture new hikes new scenery Mm -hmm. um just new um and so for me travel is it's new it's the unknown of what is tomorrow going to be like and i feel like um that unknown and excitement of travel is what it it definitely that's what travel and adventure brings for me 
Yeah. So you're saying what Rachel kind of needs to do is assess like what what is it for? What her? does what? travel bring? Yeah. Is yeah, it, are you it that gives novel... you the excuse to check out? Is it Yeah, is it that novelty aspect? Are you the kind of person who if they can't travel would rearrange their apartment six times because they need new, new, new? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she's at an interesting place in her career, which I think, you know, we're going to kind of go forward as if this might be the root of an issue, because I think it'll be the most helpful for as much of our audience as possible. Um, but there is something that happens um, with a lot of new grads where, you know, even though, you know, I knew I was going to be a chiropractor when I was 12. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to chiropractic school, but every three months I got new courses and in my courses there were new people and there were new times so my schedule changed and now all of a sudden I don't work out at 3 p.m I work out at 9 a.m because I don't start classes till noon and then like and there's new coffee shops to study in and new tests and new weekend adventures with college because college kids are always doing stuff um and then you go to chiropractic school and it's very similar and it's a lot of new stuff. And then you're thinking about like you get to anticipate what your first job is going to be. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I just can't wait until I'm done with school and I start making money. And I'm going to like be a chiropractor and you maybe dream about the town you're going to move to and all the adventures that that's going to bring because your hometown is so lame. Um yeah, you know, that was my experience. Yeah, you I was totally like, oh, my God, I can't wait to move to Rice Lake. Super exciting. Oh, Rice Lake's going to be amazing. Um And then you get there, so whether you're an associate or a new doc, and then it's still new. It's new Mm. patients, they're calling, and new problems to solve, and new furniture for your waiting room, and just still, it's just new, new, new. Um, Again, even if you're an associate, you're learning all these new people, and Mm. all these new systems, and all this new, and it's exciting, and overwhelming, and... Then, around five months in, I mean, it's a, I would say definitely around that half year mark, it, it loses a little bit of its luster. It doesn't mean, for me, it wasn't that I didn't love chiropractic. I mean, mm-hmm. you went into, cor- how long were you in corporate America, like going uh, to that oh, office? Oh, like going to that office three years? Okay. Like so like, did you have that? Like, oh, this is it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's that feeling of, and I mean, and that's even when, I don't know if it's because the goalposts are a little farther away of like, yeah, I'll go from junior associate to associate to a consultant, but that might, sorry. Um, You feel good now? I I, I do. Thanks. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that technically it would be further away. Okay. So the, the fact that the next step up was potentially farther down the road. Um. <laughs> would you do that on purpose? Why would you do that? After you just made me correct you. Um, I'm distracted. Really... I want to know your point, but you keep being grammatically incorrect, so I get distracted. No, the fact that it seems It's going to take away. longer. It's going to take longer. And Did that help the, or discourage? I think that made it more discouraging. And when the projects especially if you got on a long project it wasn't like the turnover of a semester Mm. and you knew that like you were in your you know for me I thought I was in my job for 
I don't know, maybe indefinitely. Maybe I work my way up this company for the rest of my life. Like that's, that's a weird thing. That's mm-hmm. a weird psychological thing to settle into of like, oh, I'm, and you see people who are older in it. And sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go like, oh, I'm going to be 40 and I'm going to be like Bill. Cool. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, you know, I never want to like layer in any guilt or not, um, not guilt, not shame. Like this is, but where you're at in your personal relationship journey also. So for us, we were married. And so right around the time that I was like, huh, these patients keep coming in with the same problems, even though they're you know, the problems like their kids and stuff like that is a lot of the same, a lot of the same problems, huh? mm-hmm. a lot of the same questions. People have the same damn questions about chiropractic. Right around then I was able to be like, we're having a baby. Mm-hmm. And so my brain could be like excited about that next stage. But if you're. And as a business owner, we also had the like, let's get to a hundred patients. Let's get to two. Like we kind of kept on the treadmill. Yeah. Too of like. Which is fine. I think there's a mix here of yeah. of like things you can do versus things you can be type of stuff. But like, yeah, we always, especially if you're an associate, you don't necessarily have that feeling of control and reward loop that right. a business owner might have of like, let's make this much. Now let's make that much. And with that, you get the immediate feedback. Of yeah, much more immediate feedback when you're in the driver's seat. And she says she loves her, you know, job, which is great. Um But yeah, so this stage that you're at is, I think, a very, very common stage where you're like, huh, so this is what I just worked the last 20 years, went to school for 20 years for the rest of my life. Doing this. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool. I remember, God, this was like two years ago. Charlie was seven. She's in second grade. And we were talking on Sunday and she was kind of like sad. Charlie is the most like old soul, matured person I've ever met. Um, And she was like kind of sad. And we're talking about, you know, she's talking about how like tomorrow's Monday and it's just school again. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. And I'm like thinking in my head, like, girl, the rest of your life is monotony. But I wasn't going to say that because I'm not a jerk. And But she figured it out and she's like, And I just keep going to school and then I'll go to middle school and then I'll go to high school and then I'll go to college. And I'm like, yeah, but then you'll get a job that you love. And she's like, yeah, but then I'll go to that job every day. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, life's kind of uh, Groundhog's Day, kids. Sorry that you had this realization at seven, but Rachel's having it now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's um, so... getting to that kind of the like, what do you do about that? Um, I think if first you obviously, she kind of brought up that she does love her job. Yeah. But for other people who might be struggling with a similar thing of just like, I just want to get away. um, I think you need to assess the obvious of like, you're an associate. Do you, do you like your current job? And again, Rachel does, but like, you know, maybe you thought you were going to love pediatrics but you find that you are just freaking exhausted and you kind of like adults better and like, or 
you don't like the headache of insurance for the clinic that you signed up for, or I don't mm-hmm. know, the new patients they get are not nervous system focused or, you know, like, um, I think because I, if you don't like your job. Yeah. I would put a little bit of caveat there of five months in may or may not be enough time, depending on like no. if, if you lack expertise or if you're learning something new, um, there is a big hill to climb, but the view is great from the top of the hill if you're climbing yeah. the right hill. Yeah, I would say five months in is where you start to think, is it the job? Um, and even if you go like, yeah, I think, or is it the is it the specific location of the job? You know, mm-hmm. um, I think you still put in a year because you can't really trust that like five months in, you're like, yeah, this job is boring. And it's like, yeah, but the next job might be boring too. But yeah. if you can really pinpoint like, I don't like, I thought I was going to feel fine being away from my family, but knowing that I can't even go home on Thanksgiving is affecting me way more than I thought. This is where you would start being like, okay, you know, I recommend those patterns, sitting it out for a year for sure. But like, you know, be prepared for like, yeah, maybe you picked the wrong first job. And I would argue that no job is the wrong first job because you learn something. Yeah. Um, But assuming that she loves her job and chiropractic. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see any question in there. No, nope, nope. she seems quite happy. She seems like she has a great podcast that she listens to that yeah, gives her she's great just advice. Really well supported by her female mentors in life. It's and true. sometimes featuring Kirby. Featuring Kirby, yeah, he sure gets this the star <laughs> starlight. Jeez, always okay. So. What do we old millennials, because like, I don't know, I feel like you and I have a foot in, what's before millennials? Gen Gen Z. Z. Like as old millennials, um, I feel like we definitely can relate to a lot of different things here. And so it's kind of like, oh, let me help you transition into adulting. It sucks. But it's the truth. What, what, what is this accent I'm doing? This is like, it's like old, like old wise Irish? man. Oh, old it's kind of Irish. It's more wizard. I think it probably would have transitioned I, I, Irish. I don't think you keep going with no, it. No, we know where it goes. Yep, your accents get Asian. Asian. And it's not I don't intentional. Know why. No. But it's always. But it goes gets through weird. like a weird thing of like Jamaican. Yeah, that it's a route there. to Asia. And, that, yeah. yeah. Goes through Anyways, that was my old, old wizard accent. Oh, okay. So what advice do we have to, to help her settle into adulting? Well, I think part of it comes back to the assessment of like, what do you get from travel? Mm-hmm. And how can you bring some of that to where you are? Because if you're always looking for the next time you're going to travel and you need that, um, that can somewhat sustain you. But eventually that uh unless it's really close you're gonna have to slog through a few months before your next trip or your next thing like what is what is the thing that you're finding when you're traveling um that you can then incorporate into your weekend so like or your free time for me i talked about like workaholism Mm -hmm. um and we have incorporated sabbath Mm-hmm. into our weekends, which I don't love. I, I do not turn off on Sabbath as easily I do when I'm in on a plane flying somewhere. 
Um, yeah, because it, t- it takes time, too. Yeah. Like, and, and you get that physical separation. It yeah. feels different. Um, so, like, looking at, okay, what does the adventure bring you? Is it the the ability to shut your brain off? Is it connection? How do you find meaningful connection with your friends on the weekends or mm-hmm. your family? Um, or is it the newness? Like, she lives in the... Bay yeah, I, I, if it's the right person I found on Instagram, I believe she lives you in the Bay Area. stalked her? Well, she gave the Instagram handle in the thing, so I wanted to like... I am so sorry, Rachel. That <laughs> is creepy. This is all public information. Listen, listen. <laughs> it is really funny, side note, um, how we pretend, like, not like you and I. Hmm. How you and I pretend we're not stalkers. Um, that was my Batman. That wasn't my Batman. That was close. How, so we were corresponding with a couple that, oh gosh, oh, I don't want to jinx things, but we're going to be adding a puppy to our family in the next week. Just don't want to jinx it. Um, and a couple weeks ago, they're like, and the puppy's like 10 hours away. And there's another family that like the breeder reached out and was like, hey, you're both from Wisconsin. Maybe, I don't know where you, how far apart you are, but maybe you guys could coordinate, you know, puppy travel things. And like within 10 seconds, it was like, oh, what's their name from the email? Okay, here's their LinkedIn. Oh, they're in Madison. And so like, I wanted to respond to the email of the breeder of like, hey, I see you guys are in Madison. We're actually, and I was like, oh, wait, I can't, no, I can't do that. Pretend like we didn't just Google that. I have to pretend I didn't Google you. But like it's so weird it's with like so even easy. when you're interviewing people too of like you know like I have to pretend that I didn't immediately look you up on Facebook when you applied. That was a hypothetical situation and nothing that's ever happened. We would not use social media to judge pre or pre qualified candidates. Because that's illegal. Depending and that's on what, what you I'm look saying. at. We all pretend that that's <laughs> what we don't do. So anyways. Kirby stalked you, Rachel. I'm really sorry. Apparently, you it helps to answer the question. It does. It does. It's just it funny is. that like it. It's the human condition of she lives in an area that 99.9 percent of the world would go. Well, if I could go somewhere. Oh I my would. gosh! I mean, she's an hour and a half from Lake Tahoe. She's got mountains. She's got surfing. She's got so she's got Chinatown. Yeah, she's got one of the most multicultural and interesting cities on the planet. I mean, mm-hmm. it's expensive. And I will say now, that. If we bring up this whole pandemic thing. COVID might have changed some of that. You know, you might have limited options depending on your status. But, um, but yeah, like, so what are we saying? Oh, like, incorporate, you live in a really exciting area. If new is what you're going for here, then take a new class. Sign Mm. up for a tour like you would if you were a tourist, you know, like. Yeah, some- go experience other cultures because there's a ton around you. If outdoor stuff is your jam, then everything within two hours of you is amazing in different ways. Yeah, you know, because a lot of times when we're on vacation, we have to be off of default mm-hmm. because we have to be thinking about it. We don't know how to get to the grocery store. We don't know how to like everything. It's that newness that like, really makes you be present and not on default and. It's just funny how you can live in one of the most exciting cities and be like, well, what do you do on the weekend? I walk to the coffee shop two blocks down and Mm -hmm. then I take my dog for a walk and then I go to the gym and then I watch a movie 
and meet yeah. friends for pizza they're on the corner you know well i think i've talked to you about this before but there was a study done in the 1990s by uh, daniel kahneman and some other people i forget their names but um it was a study on perception of happiness based on where you live so they asked people from the midwest and people from california are these like minneapolis midwest people or the- are they like Wanakee, that's a fake city. And whatever, I just don't want to insult anyone. Or they're very slight people. I can go find the study. I haven't read the original study. I've just read articles Probably about just the study. Broad people from Wisconsin <laughs> still live in cool Madison and Milwaukee. You know? I, do you want to know what the study says? Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. Okay. I won't interrupt. <laughs> All right. So they asked people from the Midwest and they asked people from California how happy they were. So they recorded all those answers. And then they also asked them, who do they think is happier, people who live in the Midwest or people who live in California? Okay. And they asked a few more questions about, like, weather and stuff, too, because I think that was part of what they were getting at. Mm. So what they found is they assumed, people from Wisconsin assumed that people in California were happier and it was due in part to better weather. Mm-hmm. People in California yeah. assumed that people in California were happier than people in the Midwest, partly due to weather. Weather plays so much into this. They were both the same amount of happy. So they were both happy hmm. and they both thought that people in California were happier. Isn't that interesting? Like, it is interesting. Yeah, so it didn't was... actually create more happiness. It just, in fact, I would argue since they can statistically prove that seasonal affective disorder can make you sadder, that people in the Midwest are truly happier because they're fighting because uphill. we... <laughs> No, there's there's other studies that talk about seasonal change being a good thing too. But but yeah, but it gets to that point of you can be you can be where everyone wants thinks they want to be, and you still aren't truly happy. That's a pretty universal thing. That's the hedonic treadmill stuff of you just get very used to wherever you are, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you you know your brain wants new stimulus. It's a it's a crazy little monkey. Yeah, there have been. I saw a meme the other day that talked about, like, it was like me on vacation anywhere. I should move here. (laughs) I don't know if there's been many places that we have traveled to that I haven't thought, like, if I lived here, I would just yada, 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 and I'd set up this. And and then my brain is smart enough now that it goes like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't go to the beach every day because you'd be working. Yeah. And then your kid would have swim practice, and so you'd go right from swim to the grocery store, and then you come home and have to put him to bed and do homework, and then you got to be to work. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, you wouldn't. So you're better off just keeping this as a vacation. Um, okay, so that's number one. Incorporate whatever travel brings you into your into your weekends, into your off time, into your personal life. Like Including really local deep. travel. Like, yes. I mean, travel is not necessarily the enemy here, but it can be, if it's causing you some distress, how can we make the obstacle into the way? How can we find out, like, what can we learn from that? But here's the problem. When, so let's say she does like a weekend, she leaves Friday night at five and doesn't have to be back until Sunday at 10 p.m. She does a little road trip. She talks about the reality hitting mm-hmm. and like how she wishes she wouldn't have even gone in the first place or she wonders if she should have even gone in the first place. And I I mean, I can relate to, so oh, are you ready for this? I have a study. Ooh. Okay. 
but I'm going to butcher it because my brain is shit and I don't remember anything. Hey, don't talk about my friend that way. Mm, I love you. Um, so Mondays used to be like, especially Mondays after holidays, after vacations, I used to go through a little bit of like, yeah, just like Monday blues, depression mm. stuff. It wasn't like it would last two weeks, but like it could easily last to Wednesday type Come. of thing. Um, and talking to my sister-in-law, she talked about how, um, gosh, where that is a normal thing that like when you have a high, the body goes through a oh, low okay. and that has just been studied in mice and it's just a normal, it's just a normal thing that like biologically happens as our body kind of finds its way back to normal. Yep. I mean, not necessarily homeostasis, but like you're not going to be in a high. Even if you moved there, you know, you wouldn't be in that high. Yeah. So then you don't just come back to normal. You like mm -hmm. it, the pendulum swings. Yep. Um, and so she said, like, you know, one of the things that you might want to consider is incorporating that sad day back or into your vacations. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she was like, you know, come oh, back wow. on Saturday and allow yourself Sunday to Could do the laundry. maximizer in you do that? No, no. I, but here's what I will say. It's a great idea. It's I'm a great idea. to ignore it. <laughs> but I don't double down on the emotions on Monday when I am sad and I'm like, Christmas is over. Or mm. like, I want to be back in Mexico I, it brings me peace to go, what you're feeling is your brain coming back to normal mm -hmm. and is a very healthy thing. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your life. It doesn't mean that you're is trying to escape your life. It doesn't like, I love my home. I love my husband. I love my job. I love my employees. I love my kids. So just because sometimes, though, when you're sad, the brain seeks to like. It wants a reason. So a reason. Yeah, your mind So then you're kind of confused yeah. of like, well, why am I sad? Am I sad because I don't like my life? Well, and then you can compound that and feel guilty for guilty feeling you, bad about a good life. and yeah. yeah. So I would say of like reality hits of like, okay, fine. Here are your options. Don't go on any trips. So you can just stay normal and never leave your default. Or you can just kind of accept that, like, there's a lot of things that happen post. I mean, when I'm on vacation, I am not sleeping enough. I'm overstimulated. I'm eating foods I would not normally eat. I, you know, I'm off my diet. I'm not working out. I'm not meditating. I'm not praying. I'm drinking way too much. And so, like, honestly, just from a metabolic state, your body is like, yeah. whoa, hello. Yeah, and kind of getting to that maximizer thing that I was just joking about with you is the idea of if you are, if that's how you travel and the travel is supposed to be a rest, so you're working your butt off at your job and then you have this trip that's supposed to somehow recharge you, but you spend the entire time maximizing of course, you're going to be dreading coming back to more work. Yeah, because like you never you got your never, vacation. You never turned it off. If you haven't used any part of your trip to recharge, or especially the part right before you come back, 
then yeah, I would dread that too. Mm -hmm. If it didn't feel like and I And unless a you're a weirdo workaholic, for the most part, it takes quite a bit of vacation time of doing nothing where you're like, I am bored with this. I want to get back in the office and to my routine. Like it, mm -hmm. it takes like, because we've done like eight day, yep. 10 day. Well, I mean, we've done some long vacations and I definitely get to that point where I'm like, I am so freaking sick of vacationing. I just want to sleep in my bed. Mm -hmm. I want to show up to my clinic and like, but that takes a while. Yeah. And so, you know, even if you go on a purely like, I'm going to go to a retreat for the next four days and it's like chill. And you're like, I was supposed to recharge. It's like, oh, the Maybe. way we run our world, like it takes more than four days to recharge. Well, and plus I think part of that equation too is that we built something that you want to come back to mm -hmm. that fulfills you in a way um, that is deep and it also scratches your itches too. Like we built a clinic that meets your personality and you keep changing things to have that novelty that you like so much. We run new things, we tackle new problems. Um, and I think that's something that she can incorporate into her life too is, is your work, you know, the things we talked about of what you like from travel, where can you incorporate some of those things in your work too? Yep. So if it is that novelty, it's, I don't, I don't know what the bounds of an associate. Yeah, it really be. depends. Um, but if it is like, you're just wanting new things, like maybe pick up an ICPA course, learn, um, go to a technique seminar. We probably can't change the technique of the clinic, but like go learn about juicing or, I mean, as a business owner, I would prefer Fertility. ideas that would either would in some way increase revenue or reach. Yeah. So. Okay. So if it's like, all right, go learn up, you know, what's a patient that or type of patient that comes with a type of problem that you're not seeing enough of that you're really mm -hmm. interested in, um, you know, so like, do you want to kind of start learning about fertility issues? Mm -hmm. Like go to a fertility seminar, read a fertility book, ask your doc if you can do a webinar on fertility and bring in fertility patients. Like, do you really love connection? And, you know, maybe you're just, the adjusting, adjusting, adjusting isn't allowing you to have enough connection. You know, can you take over more progress exams and new patients? Maybe your doc hates that. And you can be like, how about I do a majority? You know, like. Yeah, give, give yourself that challenge, that uniqueness, that something cool. Rachel, do not go to your boss and say, I'm bored with this job. Here's how it can be more exciting. This is a landmine of a conversation. Yeah. This is the thing that you sort out on your own yes. mentally. And then you come with a solution and not even mention the problem. Don't even mention the problem. Okay. Do not complain to Gary. Okay. That's his name. That's Gary. Yeah. I don't know. What his name I was wondering if you really stalked her. <laughs> no, um, no, this is not his problem. He presented the job. This is like I went into my like CEO, my arms are even crossed of like, mm -mm, this is not Gary's problem that you're bored with life. Um, so it would be more of like you doing the work and figuring out, do you even like, if you're just really satisfied with your job, then that's not the issue. And hopefully we've solved it by now. But if you're like, oh, I just, we see so many low back patients and I really, I've dealt with 
um, you know, irregular menstrual cycle, my whole life is something that I'm really interested in, then what that conversation would be like is not, hey, Gary, I'm bored with low back pain. I don't like seeing those patients. Can I get new patients that are more interesting? It would be like, hey, I notice that, you know, I, this is something I'm really interested in. And I notice we don't have many patients coming in with this. And I could see, like, would you be open to me trying to bring in more new patients? Yes. Type of thing. Um, and then you got to realize that there's a chance Gary may say, like, well, I don't know anything about that. I don't want to bring in patients that I don't know anything about. And then I don't know what to say there. That's not your question. <laughs> so then what you're going to do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah. So just see what can you how can you incorporate it into your nine to five? Um, and then kind of the third and final thing that is for your peace of mind is understanding that you are in the season of of starting your career. Mm -hmm. It's not about play. And some people are going to listen to this and be like, you know, oh my gosh, no, you should play all day, every day. You're never guaranteed tomorrow. But like... It's, it's really hard because there's there's the now you and there's the future you. And, you know, you need to... You need to understand the balance of those two, because the people who do say just play all day, depending on what that means to them. I mean, if that means slack off on your job, put in the bare minimum so you can have as much time playing Frisbee in the park, that may make you somewhat happy right now. But then if you're 45 and buried in student debt still and you have three kids now and you have to keep working harder and more hours like, and you don't have the energy. Like we're already experiencing, I don't know about you, but like, I, I'm glad we had kids when we did, because I feel like the energy of a 20 year old was just there. Like mm -hmm. it, as you get older, you start to lose some of that energy. And I think that's, I mean, people have talked about it. I, I mean, I know Gary Vee can kind of be controversial because he's all over the place, but like, I think he talked about if you want to be a millionaire in your forties, you kind of give up a big chunk of your 20s and 30s. Well, and Jay Shetty, that's... Yeah, the yeah. monk. Guy. So he, I was listening to a podcast episode of his where he talked about this illusion of like people who have it all. And he really does talk about the seasons of life. And he talks about how like kind of that first season is that workaholic season mm -hmm. where your your health and happiness and connection with family and friends and travel are not the number one priority the number one priority and he was saying for like him when he looked yep. at his life where he is now people like to be like oh my gosh you're happy healthy successful i wish i could have it all and he's like it didn't start that way yeah it started with me hustling for years and that was the season of life and then once i got a little more stability then it kind of transitioned you know like so yeah and you don't it's it's maybe some people can find it but i would say a lot of the time if you're the 45 year old ceo who can delegate and take vacations and stuff whenever they want the way you got so good at that was intensely focusing for mm -hmm. a decade and beating your head against the wall and learning all these lessons so that you could get to that level of ability. There's not really great shortcuts to that. There's not. There's not good shortcuts to that of being really financially 
you know, and so I feel like the jerk here. Um, and we don't even yeah. know, you know, again, well, Rachel. I, mean, I, I think the previous advice too is so like, let, let's put out a scenario where typical, she's a chiropractor who comes out of school with a couple hundred thousand dollars of debt mm-hmm. and she lives in a fairly expensive area, um, but still wants to do stuff. And I'm assuming that her bosses, she says she loves her boss, so she's probably getting paid pretty good, but even pretty good is not going to take away all that student debt and cost of living. So like, it's kind of that balance of what do you want now to look like? You have a pretty good idea of what that is. What do you want life to look like at 35 or 45 or 55? And then you kind of got to do the math of like, if you know, know, know in your soul that you want to retire by 50 and travel the world being a associate relief doc at resorts, well, that's a different math than spending, you know, all your weekends and all your money now. Yeah. Like those two things don't necessarily match up because you're still going to have student debt. Well, and financially, there are cheaper ways to travel. You know, like yeah. you can do a road trip and go for a hike versus get on a plane and go hiking in Hawaii type of thing. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's that it's that delayed gratification, which is never fun to talk about. It's much easier as a mentor to... Slay the people saying, you just got to hustle and do your time. Like, it's much easier to be like, no, you deserve everything you ever dreamed of right now. And it's like, come on, the, the math. Yeah. Okay. But. And, and I would even kind of turn that like the, when people do like the woo woo thing of like, you deserve everything right now or like the universe, all those things. When I read some of the original text stuff or go like deep into Buddhism or deep into Christianity. Like so much of that is Mm. not getting what you want. It's wanting what you get. It's gratitude. Like whenever deeply spiritual teachers are talking about things, it, it gets twisted in modern times of like, if you really believe and love God, then you'll get the yacht like no what they were saying was you should you could look at a flower and the universe is in that flower if you're grateful and present and with it so the idea is more about being grateful for what's happening in front of you because the universe is unfolding right now in this moment if you're just quiet enough and with it Mm -hmm. um i too have studied buddhist Things. I follow someone on Instagram mm-hmm. who posts a lot about Buddhist shit. Um, <laughs> and so she is not like, um, not, not like, I think she's from India. So Some, possibly Hindu? I don't know. Oh, she's, not, nice. she's from not America. Okay. Definitely not Canada either or Europe. Okay. Okay. Um, But she was talking about how Western culture has this obsession with deserved happiness that much of the world Mm. does not have. And she talked about um, how we, this lie that we tell ourselves that we deserve happiness and fulfillment and purpose in every moment. And if you don't, you're doing it wrong mm. is a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that idea of happiness versus, I would even say 
joy is probably a better goal and equanimity is an even better one. What's equanimity? It's a ability to roll with things and find peace. And it sounds bad. Like when people, because it sounds like you're shaving off the highs and the lows, which you kind of are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, if you don't want the lows, but yeah. Yeah. But, but it's one of those things of if you, if you attach to the momentary happiness of a high and you go, I deserve this or look what I this did. This is what I life got should, this. air yep. quotes, feel like if I was doing life correctly and mm-hmm. I was in perfect alignment with my soul's purpose and then this is what life could feel like all the time. And that's a big fucking lie. And And that's like a Western civilization thing that like, because we have mentors on stage as being like, you should not be unhappy for Mm. one moment. Yeah. Look at me. I changed my life and I'm happy every single day. I'm like, what? It's all all bullshit. But so like then that that's the question of. So then you get you get the lesson of, well, be be grateful or be have equanimity. And then that's how. The only things that I've seen is having some kind of practice. And that practice, mm-hmm. I think we talked a little bit with Dr. Mo and Dr. Mack about that, of like, your practice can look different. Um, I would say, given the stuff that you're talking about, of feeling like the need to go elsewhere or worrying about coming back, I think a gratitude practice would be a great start. Um, whether that's a five to 10 minute meditation on what you're grateful for, immediately not putting it into the future um or what's coming up but like what do you have now that you are grateful for or every day before you go to bed write down 10 things that you're grateful for today to get you more rooted in being okay with where you are now Mm -hmm. and seeing the wonder all around you because it's really easy like we talked about our brains are just kind of like you can feel a little discomfort and then your brain wants to go find an answer with a nice meditation and focusing on where you are, you can kind of reverse that of like feeling how good you can feel and being grateful for what you have. Yep. And then that allows you to like still go on the trip, Mm -hmm. but it's just then when you return, it's taking this of like, okay, my body is feeling some feelings about, you know, coming back from the trip and like using that gratitude to help like ease you into Monday. And like, yeah, I, cause you know, constantly going like, okay, I'll set up rewards and goals and I'll get to go on this trip in February. And then I'm just going to sit and wait until that trip comes and like, and then no shit, the trip's over and you're sad because you're going back to work. Well, because you made all life about the next thing. Yeah. And I would say to go even farther is you made, damn it, Kirby, it's further. Sorry, that one was actually unintentional. I'm sorry. Were you intentionally doing the other ones? The second one. You jerk. To go even further with that is it's not just that you're you're making it about the next thing is that you're making it about you. And that's a big trap of anxiety and bad feelings come from when you're constantly assessing the world and how you feel and what's next for you. And what am I going to do about this? It's really easy to kind of get That's what anxiety is, is you're worried about existential threats to you and and what's happening to you. Um, One of the things that can foster gratitude and connection, if that's part of what you love about travel, is 
is taking those lessons you learn from travel, what you like, if it's novelty or connection or whatever, and seeing how you can bring those experiences to other people. It's kind of that thing where when you go to teach something, you learn the material even better. Mm -hmm. Like when you try to create an experience for other people, you get so much of that same thing. So being involved in your community or doing something for your family to, or if you, I don't know if you have a boyfriend or husband or wife or whatever, but if you can think about what is going on in their lives and try to create a better experience for them, getting outside of yourself is mm -hmm. a really helpful thing if you're dealing with any kind of lack of gratitude or having anxiety. I kind of equate it to like, it's a little of what I'm trying to do this year is what I think messes with me during Christmas time sometimes is I'm trying to create that feeling and recreate a tradition for me so that I can feel good. But the reason those things were magical is because someone else did them for me. So now what I want to do is try to create magical experiences for you and the girls. And, I look forward to that. Good. I like that, this goal of yours. And in that, I'll probably find something better than if I was just going around going like, I don't feel mm -hmm. it yet. Like, did I not make yeah. the hot cocoa right? Like, I want to like feel cozy. And, you know, like I did back then, it's like, no, create something new. And in that novelty, you find presence too. Sorry, I got pretty woo-woo there at the end, but right. I'm reading Ramdas right now, so I'm I'm in it. I'm reading Instagram Ramdas. <laughs> it's real good. Um, any closing thoughts? I feel like it's always funny when we have this one-way conversation with someone, where I just picture them like seven minutes into the episode being like, nope, you read it wrong. Nope, totally. And then just 50 minutes. You of looked at like, the wrong Instagram profile. Uh, I, live in, no. I live in Omaha and uh, I don't have any else. You know problems. what, people in Omaha, you can experience all the same things that Kirby just talked about. Exactly. I mean, happiness is where you are, if you just let it be. Yeah. Wherever you are, there you are. Wherever you go. Wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. So be here now. Okay, well, we hope that this episode brings so much joy to all of you. Um, and we hope that you are being present in this season mm -hmm. of gratitude and service. And that we love you. And since I won't see you till Christmas, Merry Christmas. Oh my God. Stop it with the Christmas thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, I have to live with him. All right, until next week, She Slayers. Bye. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. 
If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.